Praise God, that helped us. Amen. You know, that's, that's good to be introduced like that. Everybody needs to respond. Amen. It's not optional. Well, praise the Lord. I'm just glad to be here tonight. How about you? Amen. Are you glad to be here tonight? Well, we're, this is going to be a little different tonight because I'm going to be sharing some scriptures and, and things. It's not going to be just a Bible lesson. Uh, I'm going to share just some practical things that we did as a church uh, and that we're currently doing as a church uh, that works for us. And, uh, and I believe that it um, uh, will be a blessing to you and help you, at, not only as pastors, but more importantly, as uh, sheeps in the church. And uh, so this is a message for all of us that I believe that's going to help us. Amen. Amen. I want to start uh, this tonight by just uh, picking up a scripture here real quick in Ephesians. And uh, I'm just so honored to be here. Thank you, Pastor Jordan and Lauren, for allowing me to minister in your pulpit. It's just a great honor, and I appreciate that. I certainly don't take it lightly, and I'm very humbled by all the other preachers that are here. It's just, uh, I, you know, you may not think this way, but I'm thinking, why do they want to hear what I have to say? That's just sometimes, you know, the way I think. But uh, anyway, I got to get over myself. How I many of y'all know that? But uh, I appreciate y'all being here, and I appreciate uh, you uh, you coming, and more importantly, I appreciate Doctor and Mom for all that you've done in my life and all that you are to us. And uh, I, I, uh, I can't talk that much about it because I won't be able to preach, and that's just the truth. I mean, sometimes I think about Doctor Jacobs at home, and I'll just weep and just you know, and I start thinking about where would my life be, you know, where would my life be today? And I started thinking about just one decision, uh, you know, just one decision. Can change your life forever. Just one. One decision. And I thought, you know, what if I'd have left that day on Slate Run Road and said, I want to go somewhere else, or I didn't like what he said, or whatever. I didn't like the praise and worship, or I didn't like this or that. And I would have just left. You know, I wouldn't be standing here today. I wouldn't know him. I wouldn't know his, his family. I wouldn't know you. And all this would have never been. Down in Georgetown, none of that would have happened. And it's all connected to someone else. That's why your spiritual connection, in my opinion, is, is the, I guess, besides your wife or your husband, is the most important decision you're ever going to make, besides following Jesus. Because it matters who your pastor is. It matters. And so I'm just so thankful and so blessed to, to know them and to be connected to them. Amen. So I want to share some of those things with you tonight. I believe it will be a help to all of us. But I want, to, I want to just go over this scripture. Father, we thank you tonight, and we love you and give you all the praise and glory. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in Jacob's life and Jessica's life and the boys there. Thank you, Father, that the strength is, and energy of heaven is flowing through their bodies, like Pastor Jordan said. We just rejoice knowing he's getting on the other side of this in the name of Jesus. Thank you for these precious people that are here tonight. Thank you, Father, for divine utterance to be given unto me. I have notes, Father, but I'm not limited by these notes. Whatever you want to say, how you want to say it, how you want to deliver it is all up to you. I just yield myself to you. Thank you for all that you're doing in our life, and we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's look at this real quick in Ephesians 1. We mentioned this. If you weren't here this morning, I encourage you to get the CD uh, or listen to podcast. Some people like podcast, and some people like CD, so you got options. And uh, look at it, but look, listen to that because it kind of goes hand in hand with what we're going to deal with tonight. But he says here in Ephesians 1, I always want to start off with this premise. Paul, an apostle, verse 1 of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the ch saints at Church on the Rock, New Albany, to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God of our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, who hath. Everybody say, who hath who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. How many of y'all know hath is past tense, like what we brought out this morning, Amen. which means it's already done. Amen. And the Phillips translation says all that heaven has to offer, all that heaven is, has already been transmitted to you. So from God's standpoint and from, from a God's view, he's already done. How many of y'all know God's already moved? God's already, he's already moved in the area of healing. He's already moved in the area of finances. He's already moved in the area of deliverance. And we're now on the receiving end of what Jesus did. It's through Jesus' obedience that we get in on through that obedience and the blessing comes down to us. How many of y'all know that? 
And so it's, it's important that we understand that, that we, we, we're not trying to get healed. We're not trying to be blessed. We're not trying to pay off a building. We're not trying to build a new building. No, the fact is it's already been provided. And what we got to do is get our believing in the right tense, right? We're not, we're not struggling to try to get something. No, what we're doing is we're in it and we're believing God to push the plan of God forward. But we need to always understand this. The plan of God for the church is the plan of God for your life. The plan of God for the church is the plan of God for your life. I'm not talking tonight about just debt reduction. That's why I start off with this premise. The plan of God for the church is the same plan for your life. So if you'll use these practical things that I'm talking to you about concerning the church and just, and just translate those over into your own personal life, it works the same way. How many of y'all know that? So the plan of God for the church is the plan of God for our life. And we know he hath blessed us. And we also know Romans 12, 3 says that God has given to us the measure of faith. So we all have been given the measure of faith. We know the faith is a gift of God. It comes from God. So God has given us a measure, the measure, not a measure, the measure of faith, amen, to receive what he's already done, right? And then 1 John 5, 4 says this is the victory that overcomes what? Our faith. So it's our faith that overcomes the world or the world system or any situation that we're dealing with. No matter what situation that we're ever going to face, you will never ever face that situation that you don't have faith to defeat. No matter what you do in this life, your faith is the victory that will overcome. It will overcome poverty. It will overcome what Pastor Jordan just said. It will overcome cancer. It will overcome lack. It will overcome mental illness. It will overcome whatever, whatever name you want to put in there. Your faith can overcome it, including debt. Hallelujah. So fulfilling God's plan, when you're talking about fulfilling God's plan, whether that be for the church, which I'm primarily talking about now, or for your life, it's going to require two things. Number one, it's going to require you getting God's plan. What, what I'm going to share with you tonight is what God told me to do. Now, I believe that it's a, it could be a model or it could be an example for other people to follow that God will embrace and endorse and, and, and use to help other people. That's why I'm going to teach it to you tonight. So, so number one, it starts out with what did God tell you to do? How many of y'all know God's not going to bless our plans, but he will bless his plans? In fact, his plan's already been blessed. And then number two, it's going, to, it's, going to, it's going to require us exercising our faith as a church to bring God's plan about. Now, I'm going to say some things that, that maybe that challenges you tonight, which hopefully it will. I'm going to say some things that maybe expand your thinking just a little bit further than where it is. I'm going to say some things maybe that you're, you're going to have to kind of get back and think about. Not, un, you know, not things that's uh, undoctrinal, but just... Bold statements, just these things that stretch your faith. You need to be stretched. Worst thing in the world is just staying all mundane, staying your same old self week in, week out, and never changing, never reaching, never stretching, never believing beyond, you know, your four no more and your electric bill, light bill, and your car payment. I mean, you're talking about a boring life. We need to be stretched. Your faith wants to be stretched. If you know anything about your faith or you know anything about faith, it always wants more projects. It always wants more projects. The vision of any church is a shared vision. The pastor releases the vision and the sheep take up that vision and through unity and faith, they fulfill the vision. So the vision is a shared vision. Pastor Jordan gets up, or Lauren gets up, and they start saying, here's what the vision of the church is. It's a vision that came from God, but it came to Dr. Jacobs, to Mom Jacobs, now to Son Jacobs, Pastor Jacobs. Amen. And it's a vision, but it's a shared vision. So which means it, it don't all rely on him. The vision of our church doesn't all rely just on me. Now, I got somebody's got to get it. Right? Somebody's got to get the vision. Right? So when you get the vision, then you have to articulate the vision. Then it becomes a shared vision. Once you articulate the vision, it becomes a shared vision. Once it becomes a shared vision, now you got marching orders to see that the vision comes to pass. 
Now you know what to do your side. Your side is, is to help bring that vision to pass. That's why you don't just accidentally happen here. Hallelujah. You know, Proverbs 29, 18, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. The vision of the church is what keeps us fresh. The vision of the church is what keeps us focused. The vision of the church is what keeps us excited. The vision of the church is what keeps things flowing. It's that vision, what God gave us to accomplish. God's given us a vision. God's given us something to do. It's more than just coming to church and going home. God's given us a vision. He's given it to our pastor, and I'm right there with our pastor, and I have a part to play in fulfilling the vision. See, and as a pastor, and I'm, hear, hear me out. I'm not trying to be smart by saying this. As a pastor, I don't need your vision, right? I need you to see the vision God gave me, but I do need your faith, right? I don't need people coming up to me and go, Pastor, I think we ought to do this. And, and sometimes people mean, well, it's not that they're being mean and ugly. They just hadn't been taught. And, and, I, and I will say, well, no, I appreciate that, but, you know, that's not what God's told me to do. And, uh, but, you know, praise the Lord. So when you try to be nice and, you know, whatever, but at the same time, I don't need their input into the vision. God sent them to not only get help, but God sent them also to be a supply. To be a, not just financially, but to be a supply, more importantly, in faith. Now, you think about this for a minute. Whether how many people go to church here, it doesn't make any difference. It's a couple hundred people, whatever. Just think about that. If we have 200 people that come to church, that understand vision, that understand purpose, that understand what we're doing here, and they're offering their faith, and they're bringing their faith to the table to line up behind the pastor, and all this faith combined, moving the pastor forward, what could we accomplish? But if I come in and I just sit and go, yep, Pastor Durant's great, praise God, praise God. And listen, I'm not being critical. But we hear the Word of God, but then we go home and we really don't translate what we hear back in to help fulfill the vision, then we're missing it. Because the Word is not just to get you fat and fluffy. The Word is to impact your life, thereby you impact others. And you use your faith to join with the leadership to bring to pass what God put in them. Hallelujah. Your faith should always be attached to a project. It should always be active. Why? Because if your faith isn't challenged, then you'll find yourself coming to church and going home and never really... In, uh, participating in the life of the church. The life of the church is the faith of the church. The life of the church is the faith of the church is the direction of the church. That's the life of the church. But if I'm not using my faith and I'm not being challenged, then I'll find myself coming to church, going home, coming to church, going home, coming to church, going home, never really using my faith to believe what are we believing for, Pastor Jordan? What are you believing for, Pastor Jordan? What is our vision? What, what, what can I do? How do I use my faith to help fulfill what God's put in your heart? Because the plan of the church is the plan for my life. It's not a separate plan. It's one and the same. Are you with me? We got to get a hold of that. The plan for the church is a plan for my life. Now, listen to this. Don't condemn yourself. Please don't do that. But think about your own life. You think about your life on a weekly, daily, monthly basis. How much are you using your faith to push the plan in this church forward? And if we sit back and go, well, you know what? I'll come to church, go home. Pastor Jordan's a good teacher. You know, Pastor Jordan's a good teacher. I, I really get some help. But how much faith are you releasing? Toward the plan. Just like we just prayed for uh, Pastor uh, Jacob. We left a supply of faith. How much do we do that? How much do we stand in the gap for our church and thinking, Father, I have faith. And you didn't bring me just to church on the rock just to be a fat, fluffy cat. You brought me here because you've got a plan for this city. You've got a plan for this life that you put in my pastor. 
and my part, and I join my faith, and I say yes and amen, and whatever we need to do, we're going to push that plan forward. And I use my faith on purpose. See, when you start doing that, then you feel like you belong. You feel like you're a part of the church. You feel like you're the heartbeat of the church. You feel like you're the life of the church. And you, and you, and you, you will know things other people won't know. And God will tip you off, not about families, but he'll tip you off about how you can believe, how you can pray for your pastor, how you can intercede for them, how you can help for this department, how you can help with that. And you're always using your faith, not just on yourself, not just on your bills, not just on your family, not just on the things around you, but you're bringing that supply into this house. Into this house right here. Taking a project on yourself going internally, I'll take that. I'm going to believe God with him. He said, we need a new lawn. I'm going to believe for a new lawn. He said, we need new stairs. We're going to, what, do you, what do we need? What's the projects? I told our church, I said, we will always have projects. If you don't like building, you're in the wrong church. Because Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. And if Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, he said, I built my church. He said, I'm going to build my church. You're going to have to keep building. You're going to have to be a builder. Amen. Amen. Now let's go over to Matthew 14. Are y'all with me? Amen. So we're talking about we're talking about <clears throat> bringing our supply of faith. Plan for the church. Plan for my life. I like that. Now I want to bring a, a, a principle out of here uh, that that I think is important. Look at this in Matthew 14. And it says here in verse 25, and it says, And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went into them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answering him said unto him, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was, uh, was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to, to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to seek, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, why, wherefore, why didst thou doubt? Now notice, I want, you to, I, I want to center up on, on a verse here in verse 29. Notice what Peter said. Peter said, If it's you, Lord... He said, bid me to come. And notice what Jesus said. He said, what? Come. I believe this is a word for the church today. I believe that God is calling us to come out out of the ordinary into the supernatural. I believe God is trying to tell us, come out. Come out. Come out. Have a new way of thinking about things. Come out from the way you, you're normally doing things. Come out from the ordinary into the supernatural. And I believe that God is trying to pull us out of ordinary thinking. And that's what God did to me. He pulled me out of ordinary thinking and said, come out here. Come out here in the supernatural. Come out here where we walk on water. Come out here where the supernatural is happening all the time. Come out here where there is provision even though there's storms around you. Come out here. I want you to come out. And, and God, I believe God is calling us out of the normal. Calling us out of just just ordinary, just normal, just mundane. I believe God is wanting to raise up a supernatural church, a, a powerful entity where we don't have to go to the bank to obey God. We don't have to go down and uh, going down to the bank to believe or asking them for money to build God's building. But we do it by faith in the name of Jesus, and we're believing God because the ordinary thing is is go to the bank, borrow money, and pay all that interest. And God said, I want you to come out from that kind of thinking. I want you to come out from that kind of living. I want you to come out from that sort of thing. Come out of there. But how many of y'all know God said, say, come out, but you got to take the step. You got to be able to take the step out of the boat when everybody else wants to stay in the boat. All of them could have got out of the boat that day, but only one did. They all wanted to stand back and observe. Right? But Jesus said, come out. And that word just kept coming out to me, come out, come out. And all that was required of Peter was obedience and faith. Come on out. Provision's already been made. I'll take care of you, but it's going to take faith. It's going to take you trusting in me. It's going to take you getting outside yourself, getting outside of what you think is the way we normally always do it. 
You're going to have to start thinking differently. I want to pull you out of that way of thinking. And that's what God did. God began to pull us out, bring us into a new way of thinking that I never thought like before. Amen. It wasn't easy, but it was a choice. Faith is a choice. We choose. We choose. And you think about your own life where God's telling you to come out. Stop doing it that way. You know, sometimes we can get in such a rut, we don't, even, we don't even talk to God about it anymore. We just assume God wants us to get alone or God wants us to do that or whatever. We just go through it. But we never let that word challenge us to think that there's any other way to do it other than the way we've been doing it. There's a different way. Everybody say, come out. See, God wants us to come out. Come out from that, that way of thinking. Now, I'm not saying it's a sin to borrow money because if it was a sin to borrow, it would be a sin to lend. I'm just saying there's a better way. I refuse to borrow money anymore. Not when I already know it's already been given. He hath blessed me. Why would I go borrow? Now, if God tells you to do that, that's between you and God. I'm not being critical. Listen to me. I'm just saying it's a revelation to me that I am not borrowing any more money because God's already funded me. Now, if somebody goes borrows money, I'm not going to be back here judging them because if God told them to do it, then that's fine. Brother Hagen borrowed money. Brother Copeland doesn't. It's what God tells you to do. That's the key. What did God tell you to do? This is what God told us to do. But I do believe with all of my heart God is telling people to do this. I believe that God is putting this out in front of preachers, wanting them to take a step and just believe that he's already blessed them. Believe that the building's already done. Believe that things have already been provided for them. I believe God is saying it's already done, but you're going to have to take a step of faith. You've got to do your part first and stop talking fear, doubt, and belief. Start talking like you don't have it. Stop talking and living like that and start talking differently and start acting differently and start acting like it's there and start talking like it's there and start believing like it's there and take the step out of the boat, whatever boat you're in, of comfort. Yeah. And see, that's where this whole thing came in six years ago. And I'm not going to preach long tonight. I'm not going to keep you. But, uh, but six years ago, six years ago, we started this thing. When God, we started, you know, our church was growing. And God... Uh, we needed children's space for our children's building. Uh, well, we needed a children's building. We needed an, we need to do something. We need a, we're out of room. And so the Lord, I went to him and I said, well, Lord, uh, you know, we're out of space. We need, we, need, we need room. And I said, now, do you want me to go borrow the money? Which I was intending to do. Because, you know, I'm just being honest. I didn't want to fool people. I just, it's easy for me to go to the bank, borrow, and don't even have to deal with none of that. But see, God said, come out. Come out in faith land. <laughs> Come out here. <laughs> and so I went to the Lord. And I said, Lord, you don't want me to, uh, you want me to go borrow the money at such and such? Which bank would you like me to go to? God said, I don't want you to go to the bank. He said, I want you to do it debt free. I already knew what that was going to entail. <laughs> and I said, uh, <clears throat> okay. I'm not going to borrow any money. So like a good pastor. I went in front of our church, and I said, here's what we're going to do. I know we're out of room. We're out of room now. Right, you know, six years ago, we're out of room. I know that. I can go to the bank and borrow the money, no problem. They'll give me the money. We can get this thing built in less than a year or a year, borrowing the money. But I'm not going to do that. I'm already paying $40,000 a year in interest on this building. I'm not doing that. I, uh, God told us to do it debt-free, and everybody roared. They were excited. He said, I want you to build the building debt-free. And this is what God told me. And this really, like he spoke to me yesterday. He said, because it's not about this building. He said, it's about where you're going. It's not about this building, son. It's about where you're going. He told me, he said, you have got to get the faith into the people to believe for down there for what I have in the future. This is the first project of many. But you've got to get the faith in them for this. Or they will never be able to do what I've already showed you. When God gave me the vision for our church, uh, I was going to say we were standing here, but this place wasn't here. We were back there somewhere. 
I was thinking, no, I wasn't there. Anyway, I was standing there being ordained, and before that, God gave me the vision of our church. He showed me how many people were coming to our church. I wrote it all out. Everything that I seen was already, already there, right? And God told me, he said, you'll never get to there without getting the faith in the people right here. You got to start right here, right here. And he said, it's your responsibility to teach it. Now, now you, you got to think about this for a minute. It's rare for us to be able to be involved or God to afford us a project like this in the church. Most people don't get this privilege. And I told our church, it's a privilege. God is privileging us. Now, you're going to see why here in a minute. I said, because if God said he's going to do this thing debt free, who's he going to have to bless? If God is going to do it, who's he got to bless to make sure? Wow! Now, now they're all excited. Because now who he, he's got to bless you in order for you to bring it to the church. Me going to the bank don't bless you. Me going to the bank, signing a loan, going, hey, we got money. Didn't require anything out of you. Requires no commitment, requires no long-term commitment, requires nothing out of you. And you know what it does? Stifles your faith. So as your pastor, I'm telling him, I said, I'm just helping you. I'm just helping you stretch your faith. I'm helping you to add something to your faith that's going to help this church. What was God doing? Come out. Come out of the ordinary, son. Do the super, uh, supernatural. Come out of the ordinary. So I told our congregation, I said, here's what God told me. He said, don't go to your 401K. Don't go to your retirement. Don't go to your savings. I said, I do not want you to do that. And they're all just looking at me like you. I said, I'm going to give you an envelope. Here's one right here we're having. Oh, this is the offering. We just took this. No, this, that was last week, wasn't it? I said, I'm going to give you an envelope. This is what God told me to do. I'm going to give you an envelope. You take this envelope home. And once a month, we're going to receive an offering for our new building. And I want you to believe God all month. Whatever God provides, you put it in here. You use your faith. Whatever it is, at your faith level, whatever it is, got to figure that out. But you believe God. Father, I'm going to believe you for $500 for the month of April. I'm using my faith, and I'm believing God for you to multiply my seed sown. I believe that supernaturally you're going to bring that money in. I said, now, if you fall short and you only have 100 in there, bring the 100. If you have 10 in there, bring the 10. Bring whatever. See, what am I doing? I am trying to enlarge their faith. If it's five, bring five. If it's a million, bring a million. If it's 10,000, bring 10,000. People have done that too. We have one guy done it several times. Just bring it. Whatever God blesses you, wherever you're, bring it. Put it in the envelope. Get your kids involved. Get your family involved. Get excited about us paying off a building. And so what they would do is they would, um, they would take that envelope every month, and we still do it today. We we give everybody an envelope. They take the envelope home, and they bring that offering. And we have one Sunday, uh, one Sunday in that month, and I remind them one time. I don't sit and hound them about it. I said, Dave, we're going to take up our special offering. Praise God. Everybody gets excited. And, and, and it's not your tithes. It's what, how God's blessed you. And then so everybody would bring their, their deal, and they'd put it in there, and we'd receive that, and the money would begin to come in. Amen. Amen. And God began to fund this thing. Hallelujah. And see, we were walking in, like Peter, uncharted waters. Unchartered. It was different. The first offering we had come in, they started coming in. And here's what happened. The testimony started coming in. I told him, I said, I don't want you going to your 401k or your savings or your retirement plan like Dr. Jacobs just said. Why? I said, because that's a one-time gift. I need you to keep believing every month. Yeah, yeah. Amen. I need, now that's what I told him. That's what I told him. I said, I need your faith more than I need your money. I need your faith. I need you to join your faith with me. So use your faith. 
and watch what God will do. And so I, we're going to join our faith together. I said, I need your faith more than I need your... I said, now, if God tells you to go to your 401k, then you need to obey him because he may speak to you. If God tells you to go to your retirement, go to your retirement. If God tells you to go to your savings, then go to your savings. But I'm not pressuring you to do that. I want your faith. Yeah. Pastor Angie and I want your faith. We want your faith in this project because that's what it's going to take to get this thing done. Are y'all with me? So we would do that. We gave these envelopes out. We gave these envelopes out. And during that time, uh, during our children's building, it was about six years ago, Brother James, uh, Brother James Guzman, he had, uh, we had started this project. Well, he lost his job. He lost his job and he had a really good job. And it was so moving in our church how people were getting these envelopes Every month he would get an envelope and he was unemployed. God said, get that envelope. And at that time when we started, we called it Project 545, wasn't it? 535 or 545. What we did is we took the amount of the building, what it was going to cost, divided it by all the families, and said, here's what we want you to believe for per family. It's like $2,000 a piece. And we broke that down by the day. So we broke it down where we can see how much it's really going to cost all of us. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And God told him, when I, I said, now here's, here's an envelope for next month. God told him, go get that envelope. He didn't even have a job. Every month he was unemployed. God still filled that with the amount that was on that envelope. Every month, unemployed. Excited about God. Excited about moving in the plan of God. Exciting that he has the opportunity. Because that's why I tell our church, this is just an opportunity. I said, if you feel sneered about it, just keep it. Please, just keep your money. I want people joining their faith with my faith to get this project done. And so they would come and he would pick it up and and he would, uh, you know, they would bring it. And and every month they would take care of it. Well, what happened was, after a short period of time, he was approached by a corporation that owns over 200 locations. And they asked him if he would run one of their automotive centers. He's never even had automotive experience. He knows how to put gas in the car. That's about it. Am I, am I embellishing that at all? No. That's about it. But he was a good manager. And he was involved with faith. He was doing this every month. Well, God's saying, well, you're going to do, do the plan? You're going to do the plan? I got to bless you. You're going to do the plan? You're going to grab an envelope? I got to make sure it comes to pass. You're going to take one of them envelopes? You're going to use your faith? I'll make sure I'll fill it. Every month he said, I'm getting an envelope. I'm getting an envelope. I'm, it doesn't even have a job. But he brought that offering. He put it in an offering bucket. And here they come knocking on his door. Why? Because we're doing it by faith. This wouldn't have happened if I had just went to the bank, never told anybody about it, never gave nobody an opportunity, never let them get involved. That's so true. So true. Was given a business. Given a business. Franchise fees, zero. Franchise fees to have this business, and everybody that has one is $250,000 up front. And then another, I don't know how much money, for the bays and all this. He was given a building with all the bays. He was given the business with all the customers. All he did was walk in. That's all he did. And he's Hispanic. Because in my church, we're probably six, my, our church is probably 60% Hispanic, maybe higher. I got a great mixture of people. love it. I say that because they always say Mexicans can't have nothing. And I always use him as an example. And he's short. So he's short, he's a Mexican, and he owns a company. And now he's the president. He's also the president of the Chamber of Commerce. Now, they wanted him to run for mayor. But he asked me, no, you don't need to run for an old mayor. You got time for that. You got too much other stuff to do. Got a business. Doubled and tripled what, what the volume is now. God did that. Why? Because you're involved with my project. Plan for the church 
is the plan for my life. Get the church out of debt. Get my life out of debt. Help the church help my life. It's just one. And that's the first project. The other one was Brother Brian sitting here on the front row. We started this project in the children's church. He lost his job too. And it wasn't like, well, okay, we're going to start a project and God gets everybody fired. <laughs> everybody loses their job. Praise God, we're really rolling. No, but right after that, he lost his job. He had no job on food stamps. Gets to a point where he is on food stamps. Standing in the H-E-B like Kroger's, standing there, getting groceries, watching how much everything's costing, and then getting ready to pay for it and doesn't have the money to buy his child that's standing there looking at him with crocodile tears, food. Then simultaneously, a world-famous preacher offered him a job. No job, on food stamps, and the opportunity of a lifetime. Sounds like God to me. Texas was fun, but I'm on my way now somewhere else. God said, and you know what he said? He said, no, I will not leave my pastor. See, that was a test. Then after that, he got a job, and God started blessing him. Today, he just bought a new home. He owns a new home. He's got two new cars. Uh, he, he is blessed, and he's right under the owner of the company, and they're talking about giving him, is that right, ownership deal? He has part ownership in a company now. That, and he gave during, yeah, and he, he was another one on food stamps, said, give me the offering, give me the envelope. And he didn't put food stamps in it. He put green in it. He put money, dinero, money in there. Yeah, he did. And he took one too and said, I'll take that envelope too. Every month, these guys didn't even have a job. Don't tell me God can't do it. God told, God told me, I forget what preacher it was. I need to hurry. I'm sorry. But God told, God told a preacher one time, he said he was bawling and squalling about money, and God told him, he said, listen to me. He said, I have people in this city right now that if you put a ladder on your roof and put a bucket on top of your roof, he said, I have somebody in this city that I can speak to that will come at 2 o'clock in the morning and put money in that bucket if I tell him. He said, your problem is faith. It's not a lack of money. He said, trust me, come out. Come out in the supernatural land. There were so many promotions. See, remember whenever, if Pastor Jordan gets up and goes, guys, we're going to build a new doodad. Whoa, glory to God. That means God's got to bless you. See, if we get a hold of this, that's exactly what's going to happen. That's exactly what happened in our church. Increase, promotion. They just kept coming because people were using their faith. The plan for the church, the plan for my life. Same, same plan. In the children's bed, we had doors, solid core doors. Two, three, four hundred dollars a door. Guy calls up the. God calls up to, to the, uh, uh, somebody in our church that does construction. Say, listen, we ordered these doors wrong. Do you think your church would want them? That was exactly the door we wanted. <laughs> and the exact same size and the exact same number. We had zero to pay. Wow. Why? Because we're doing it by faith. Amen. We had people donate over 60 to, uh, well, probably close to $100,000 worth of labor and electric, worth of trim, free landscape. God began to speak to people. And you know what? They just wanted an opportunity. I firmly believe that most people in the church are just looking for an opportunity. They want to know where they can put their faith. They want to know where they can connect their faith. They want to see the church get out of debt. They want to see the church moving forward. What happens if we could pay this building off in one year? What would we be able to do with the six, seven, eight thousand dollars a month, whatever the mortgage payment is? What would we be able to do with that? A whole lot more than giving it to the bank. Yeah. That's right. That's right. 
And all it requires is faith. No pressure. Just putting it on your faith. And people, and, I, I, and it's, it's exciting because when you start sharing this with people, they get excited. They're like, yeah, what else we want to do? What else are we going to do? Yeah, I want to do that. I'll believe with you. I can't believe for that amount, but I'll just believe for what you could do. See, faith, write this down. Faith always needs an opportunity. Faith always needs an opportunity. What projects are you working on? What projects do you have that your faith is working on? Faith always needs an opportunity. And when you understand faith and you understand how God has got to bless you to bring it to pass, you would be thrilled if Dr. Jacobs gets up and goes, I'm going to buy a plane. Praise God, you can use me. We need to add on to our building. No, we don't, Pastor. We still got all these empty shares. No, but we need to add on to our building. We need to add this to the parking lot. We need to add that. We need to add that. Praise God. Keep the projects going because it keeps the faith in the people growing. So that's what he gave us. He gave us this, and he, we broke it down by family. We said, here's what we want you to believe for. Now, if you can only believe for half that, then bring half. But don't stay there. If you can only believe for a third of it, fine. Take the envelope anyway. Put a third in it when God blesses it. The whole point is I need your faith. Because if everybody said, well, I'll give 1000 I'll give 500 I'll give 300 we might get a big offering that day, but then the next three months we won't get nothing. But if we're developing our faith, then it's always coming in. It's always coming in. It's always coming in. Hallelujah. And it took us, it took us um, four years. To build that building, that children's, from the time we started to the time we completed it, and that building, is, there was no expense spared in that children's Amen. building. Amen. It's got crown molding. It's got travertine tile. It's got, it's got insulated walls. It's got extra everything. I mean, it's loaded to the hilt. Yes. So we didn't spare any expense. Right. Four years or a 20-year loan. I don't pay one red cent on that building, the children's building out back. It took us four years to do it. Then at the end of the four years, we were just done with the building. I had members coming up to my church going, we're not going to stop giving, are we? I said, no, I got another project coming. I said, we're getting ready to build a new sanctuary. They said, all right, I just want to make sure. I said, yeah, just keep on giving. See, the, the momentum's going. And once you get the momentum going, you just keep it going and keep it going and, and you'll get it done in Jesus' name. And so then, then, I to, then the Lord told me, he said, I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, we need a new sanctuary. We're out of room. We got to have space here. In fact, we were beyond that. We should have done it. Well, anyway. But I told the Lord, I said, how do you want me to do this? He said, debt free. And at that time, I was thrilled. I mean, I just went through four years of this. And now he says, I want you to do it debt free again. So here's what I did. I went back to the congregation, and I told them, I said, we're going to start receiving our offering again. Uh, not really sure how much this is going to cost because right now we're in the preliminary state, but we're going to keep this going. We're going to start raising money. We went outside, dug a hole, had no money. Zero. Didn't have any money to do it. We have faith. And so what happened was is we began to move forward in the same kind of plan, and uh, we started every month giving. 2015, are y'all, is this okay? I hope it's helping you. 2015, we had special offerings, 2015, for the new sanctuary. Remember, the children's buildings paid for. That building was about 600000 If I would have built that building without all the blessing, it would have probably been close to 800000 So it's paid for. Paid in full. Don't even have a title on it because there's no loan on it. So anyway, we're going back. Uh, we're going to do this. Uh, so uh, the new sanctuary. To 2015, we had a special offering. I wrote this down. $210,000 that came in for one year on a monthly offering, right? 2016, we had 220000 come in uh, 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 for that year. So that together was 430000 Well, the building cost $1.2 million. So if we got $430,000, but the building's going to cost uh, $1.2 million, we have a big deficit. And this was the supernatural thing. Over $600,000 came in tithes and offerings. 
which means what? The people all came up. The first time we did it, God brought it in through the monthly. The second time God did it, he brought it through tithes and offerings by blessing all the people. And my wife, she would get up every Wednesday, have a backlog of testimonies. And she said, such and such got a $30,000 bonus. Such and such got a new job. Such and such got $10,000 bonus. So what are we doing? We're in God's plan. We've done what? Come out. Plan for the church. Plan for my life. So she would get up and she would read testimony after testimony after testimony. And no sooner she read them, we had two or three more that come in. God was doing supernatural things. Then I had preachers calling me up going, I'm wiring. Well, they didn't tell me. I walked out of my office one day and my secretary goes, here's what just came in, a wire for $10,500. I said, where'd that come from? They said, come from such and such church. Yo, Recibo. See, what am I doing? I didn't go to the bank to borrow $1.2 It's probably going to be a little bit more than that because we're still putting in lights and different things. We're in the building, but we, we're adding lights and we just put landscaping in and stuff like that. It's all paid for. So here's the thing, $1.2 $600,000 deficit. So here's the, here's the point. All the way back in the beginning when I say I need your faith more than I need your money, now these people are having this increase every single week. Not just one time. And you know what it has done? It has caused all the finances in the church to come up. In the first three months of this year alone, we are up 39% over last year, and last year was the biggest year we ever had. 39%. You may not think that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Now, I'm not bragging. I'm not bragging on me. What I'm doing, I'm bragging on the plan. I, and through that whole thing, and I can go through that, Matthew, with the storms and all the different things, but I don't need to go through that. Here's the thing. The thing about it was is God said, come out. Come out and do something extraordinary. Come out and believe me. Instead of just running to the bank, believe me. Believe me that I can move. Believe me that I'll bless the people. Believe me that I'll move supernaturally in your life. Because truly, God's already funded it, so God has already planned how he's going to make this thing happen. And all I had to do is just believe it, and I had to cooperate with him. Hallelujah. And, God, and, and, and promotions came to people. I mean, it was just wow. It was just wow. And, and, and if you come down in July when we have the sons meeting, you have to come down. You'll be able to see it. You'll see that it's a nice building. And we spared no expense on this building at all. You know, and, and the thing is, is we did that and we did it the way God wanted us to. We didn't just use paint on the wall. We used Venetian plaster. I hired an artist. Now, I'm not saying that to pump me up. Please don't. I don't even want to say this stuff, but I need to. We hired an artist because that's what my wife wanted. My wife, God told me, he said, you let her build it the way she wants to build it and don't say nothing to her. Because, you know, I would have built, I, I would have bought the $20 wall and, or the $20 door or you know, how about this? If, if my, well, praise God. If my wife is getting a doorknob, I would go to Home Depot to get a doorknob. She orders them online from Italy. I mean, it's like, no, I don't. I said, it's just a door handle. God says, shut up. Leave her alone. All right, get what you want. Praise God. And this is what I always told my wife when we were doing this project. How much is it? How much is it going to cost? I just want to know what's on my face. Just tell me the amount. And so you can get whatever you want. <laughs> I said, I got it, though. I got, my, I got the faith to do it. And she said, well, we want it. We want, uh, you know, because I'm thinking real nice paint. I'll buy you some nice paint. <laughs> Highest quality paint you want. No problem. Well, I want to hire Chris. Oh, Chris. He's a guy that does murals. I mean, he's an artist. Okay, how much is Chris? I don't know, he's got to quote us. So he gives us a quote. One, one guy, hand, all the whole thing's hand, Venetian plaster, it's just, it's just gorgeous. I said, okay, Lord, this is what we're going to need. And you know what? It all come in. She didn't want just a wooden sanctuary door. Nothing wrong with the wooden sanctuary door. She wanted a solid wrought iron door done out of scroll that she found and designed. 
And everybody that walks in says, who designed this? Her. I take no credit. Right? So my point is, is it's helping me and helping our church. Every time they come into our church, they don't see a broke building. Every time they come into the church, it puts an emphasis on their thinking and brings them up. And God paid for those doors, which I'm not going to tell you how much they cost because you probably fall out of your chair. <laughs> just for doors. So just a door. That's how much they cost, a door. What do we get with that door? Just the door. That don't include the handles? Nope, just the door. True. And I said, well, honey, how you want to do the platform? Well, I want to do wood. I'm thinking, okay, you know, you know, pr- pergo, praise God, put some pergo stuff down. That looked nice. She goes, no, I want some reclaimed wood. Reclaimed wood, okay. I know that's going to cost. <laughs> yeah, and it did. But you know what? It was just a faith gen- venture. Amen. And I said, if that's what you want, that's what you're going to get. Amen. I mean, the wood had to sit on the, in the place for two weeks to acclimate to the air. Yeah. <laughs> we have sensitive wood. Got to acclimate to the air. Are you kidding me? No. Two weeks, got to sit there. It was 150-year-old wood. Hickory. It's beautiful. Now, I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying, why think cheap? Why come out? Why not come out of the ordinary into the extraordinary and build what you really want? If money was no option, what would you build? That's really what's in your heart. That's really what's in your heart. You're settling for what you think you either deserve or can afford. What you deserve is a whole lot less than what your faith can produce. Your faith can produce a whole lot more than your natural desire. So you're settling for less when really on the inside you want more. And it's your heart reaching for more. Your heart wants more. Your heart wants to pull you into more. I hope I'm helping somebody. So then we're okay with a broke door. We're okay with a half cop door. We're okay with just regular this. We're okay with just regular. No, I'm not okay. Not when God gave me faith that is the victory that overcomes debt, that overcomes lack, that overcomes everything. All I need is faith. God's already supplied it. I already, we taught you that this morning. It's already been done. And I told my wife, whatever God put in your heart, he's already funded it. And the Lord told me, he said, leave her alone unless it doesn't make sense where you're going. Amen. I mean, the crown molding is three feet, three feet. Three feet crown molding, five, four, five steps. I don't know how many steps, a lot of steps. Beautiful. Then, then, then my wife wanted, it wasn't enough just to have crown molding. Her and Francisco start talking. And he says, uh, she said, you know, it'd be really nice if we could add something in between there. I just walk, let them deal with it. I don't know. So my wife comes back. She goes, we want to get uh, Corinthian columns. How much is that going to be? How much is that going to cost? Because I want to know. I'm going to believe God right into the church. She said, well, uh, that's what they're, they're, they're beautiful. And I looked at my like, I don't know, honey. I think that might be too much. Not money, just too gaudy, over the top. And she goes, no, I don't think it is. <laughs> Guys, you'll never win with your wife. Just forget it. Don't even try it. And so, huh? You was right. You was really right. And so it, between the three-foot section, because the feet, the, the, this wall is 22 feet. So three foot from the top, and there's another three feet that's Corinthian column that had to be handmade in California because they didn't have any. They couldn't just get one off the shelf. Francisco, it all had to be custom made. So everything in the church is custom made. And I'm not complaining. I'm just saying I'm showing you how it stretched me. How it stretched me. And she never even thought about it. Yeah, we'll get it. Yeah, we'll get it. They hold up. Ho, ho. How much that cost? How much is that? I said, yeah, we'll get it, but just hang on. 
Because I got something else here I got to take care of first. Yeah, so they went and they measured it all out. Took eight weeks to build it, so they built it. She wanted a medallion on the outside, had to have that made. Everything had to be made. But that's all right. I wouldn't have done it any differently than what we did. I know I've been going a while from the top. But let me, let me stop here. But here, here's the thing. That building cost $1.2 million. Probably cost $1.5 or $1.7 if you'd have went and built it yourself. There's million, you know, a couple million dollars worth of building. And that building, from the time we dug a hole to the time we celebrated with Dr. Jacobs, was two years. It was half the time that it was to build the first one. And a lot more money. Twice as expensive, twice as fast. You know why? Because God blessed everybody in the church and brought them up to a level where I got an offering once a month, but I got three or 4000 every week to put towards it. So when they said, we need this, how much is $60,000? I'd always check in here. Father, am I okay with that? He said, do it. Go for it. I didn't have the money, but I knew in here it was coming. We need that. How much is that going to be? Now, you just can't do that if God didn't tell you to do that. But I got it. I knew it. And God began to move in such a supernatural. Think about this as a sheep in this church. If Pastor Jordan and Lauren said, you know what, guys, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take this loan right here and and whatever God tells them to do. For example, if God says, you know what, we're going to take this year, 2017, we're going to knock this thing off half. We're going to raise a half a million dollars. And we have such and such, how many families we have in the church? Here's what we're going to do. How many of y'all would like to be involved in that? Twelve of you? How many of y'all like to be involved in that? How many of y'all like to be involved in that? How many of y'all want the blessing? Now look, every hand's lifted. Now just think about this. If we said we need a half, we're going to be able to do a half million dollars, I know you might choke on that. But you don't have to raise all that yourself. Say your part's only $1,000. And Pastor Jordan says between, you know, May or June, to the end of the year, this half year, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take up an offering. And that's if God tells them, I'm just using it as an example. And every month we're going to take and we're going to knock this thing out. Do you know what would happen to your faith every single month whenever you start taking, a, not a tithe, but an offering? And how you're bringing this to the Lord, how God has increased you. And you bring it to the Lord and you put it down in that offering bucket. And then all the other families that do that, say it's four, five, six, eight, ten, twelve, fifteen thousand a month. How much is 15000 a month on top of what's already being paid? Yeah. Not only that, but the momentum starts carrying over to that thing is wiped out completely. And then he gets up in December and says, you know what? We only got a half a million. We already done it next six months. Piece of cake. Now, I've got a limited amount of offering envelopes. Now, who wants them? Yeah, that's the way it becomes. That's what happens in, that, in Exodus chapter 36. They were so blessed. They were so blessed. He come out and goes, now look, we're going to have this, we're going to build a building. We're going to, and I know I've been preaching a while, I don't want to stop. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to, uh, God wants to build a sanctuary. And he's chosen you to do it. He's given you the opportunity. So here's what we're going to do. Moses said, I want everybody to bring as God has blessed you. God began to bless them so much. They were blessed so much. They were so excited about their giving. They kept bringing it and bringing it and bringing it. And eventually, just in a very short time, they had so much money, so much provision to take care of everything that God called them to do that Moses had to stand up and said, I stop giving. (laughs) He commanded them. It'd be like Pastor Jordan. Now, he didn't say stop giving. Stop giving towards this. He said, because the stuff they brought is enough and too much. Why? Because God blessed the people. And it says they brought an offering every morning, a free will offering every morning, as God had blessed them. And God kept blessing them, kept blessing them, kept blessing them, and kept blessing them, and kept blessing them. David did the same thing, 1 Chronicles 29, didn't he? He said, this work is big for Solomon. He can't do it all himself. We got to do it together. I'm going to start this thing off. I'm going to bring a billion dollars myself. 
I'm going to bring this offering myself, silver, gold. And he said, I'm going to give that out of my own personal account. Even in my ministry, I'm going to give it all, and I'm going to be a blessing. And all the people were thrilled, and all the people got excited, and they all started getting in and getting involved, and they got the thing done. We don't have to go to the bank to obey God. All we got to do is use our faith and believe God and obey and do what he tells us to do. All the money is there. It's already there. It's already been supplied. And when we have an opportunity to step into what God wants to do, look out. Because it'll all come to pass. Yeah. Amen. So promotions came, blessing came, increase came. Another guy, he was telling me not too long ago, a business was given to him. He was just out working in the middle of the, pro- in the project here. He was working, and the guy was uh, stopped by and said, Hey, I got this business. I've been watching how you've been working, and I, I, I'm going to be giving my, you know, I'm going to be leaving the state, and I want to give my business a $300,000 business. He said, I want to give that business to you. So you've been thrilled for giving to you. But it was given to him because why? He got involved with what God's plan was. When you get involved with what God wants, God will see to it that the seed that you bring, it'll be in the church. Because the plan for the church is the plan for my life. And when I get out to help the church get out of debt, guess what? It's a boomerang. God helps me get out of debt. And while you're helping the church move forward, you're moving forward. See, it's all God's plan. I'm not monitoring the money. I'm monitoring his plan. And so our finances, I mean our finances, and even, even you know, in all, those, all the times that we, we never went into the red, we, never, we was always in the black, we were always, uh, you know, we paid all of our, no, I never had to call one construction person to tell them I couldn't pay their bill. Every single one of them were paid, and they were, every one of them were paid on time. Spared no expense. Getting ready to do a sound system. Sound system was well over $100,000, and I didn't have it. They said, we need to get this part of it going. I said, Lord, do you only get, yeah, get it going. All right, go ahead. Take off, do it. Amen. Amen. Because God funds it. Yeah. And it's amazing because I had a big bill coming in, and someone came up to me and said, Pastor, I just wanted you to know I got this inheritance. I'm going to be giving the church $10,000. I said, right on time. <laughs> that bill's due next week. Hallelujah. But see, we're using our faith. What a way to live. Now we have over $2 million worth of buildings I owe zero on. Don't owe one red cent. You know how much interest you'd had to pay on $2 million for 20 years? And now what we're doing is we're getting ready to, we're getting ready to, uh, yep, we're getting ready to uh, remodel our current sanctuary. That's going to be about $400,000. We're, we're redoing the fellowship hall. We're putting in a kitchen, a bookstore. We're, it's, going to be a la- it's going to be awesome. It's going to be about $400,000, and our plan is to do it in six months. So we're going to do it even half the time we did this sanctuary. And everybody's thrilled about it. I can't talk fast enough because everybody wants to know what I'm doing. And I'm like, this, this Sunday I'm going to be sharing with them everybody's part. We got it down to about 200 something dollars a family to knock this thing out. For the next five months, you commit this. Need 200 people to give $200 or whatever, whatever we're going to do, and, and they'll, they'll do it. It'll be done. And we're going to get it done, and that'll all be debt-free. Then after that, what we're going to do is the current building that we have, we will pay off in less than one year, which is a bill over half a million dollars. That's our first building that we bought. And then our church will have three or four million dollars worth of property and building maybe more i don't know what it's worth but my point is it'll all be out of debt it'll be debt free then we're going across the street and we're going to build across the street there's 13 and a half acres there's 2.2 million for that we're going to buy that we're going to pay for it in cash and when we pay for that in cash so we're going to build a church there and it's going to be awesome see i've always gotten pride and i'm not saying that to brag i'm saying that because the vision is shared to share it's not just Pastor Jordan Warren's vision. It's my vision. It's my vision. It comes from him, but I share in it. I'm carrying that part. You know, you know, people get a hold of this, and you know most of my departments in my church, uh, the people working in it fund it. And I didn't ask him. They, I turned in a budget. He turned in one said zero. I said, what do you mean zero? I'm, we're taking care of it. 
cleaning was over almost $200 a month. The people in the said, no, we're going to take care of it. We don't want the church to pay for it. I didn't tell them anything. See, it's stimulating to all the departments. So then it, what it does, it takes the finance. But I said, I have the money to do it. It wasn't the point. I could have talked them out of it. I could have said, no, bless God, my pride. I'm not going to do that. No, I said, pride. God will bless you for it. God will bless. I don't expect it, but God will bless you for it. Department after department turned in zero budget. They're just taking care of themselves. What are they doing? They're growing in their faith. Their faith is growing. And I've preached long enough, I know. But they're, 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 their faith is growing, and now they want to take on debt. And guess what happens? It stimulates in their own life. We have people that have new homes, new cars, new things, and they're paying for it in cash. God is blessing them. This blessing doesn't just stop here. It's, 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 it's an ongoing thing. What's that word I'm looking for? It's just a continual blessing of what they sowed. It's still, all the testimonies are still coming in. It's a residual of all the seed that they're sowing. I'm just showing you here, and I'm going to stop, but I want to minister to you real quick, if that's okay, if, unless I'm fudging on my time here. I'm sorry. Uh, but here's the thing. See, if you'll get excited about that, whatever plan Pastor Jordan and them put in place, I'm not saying they're going to do the same thing I did, but whatever God tells them to do, be thrilled about it. And don't look at your resources. Look to God. Don't look at that and go, how are we? No, God's going to do it. He's going to get it to you so he can get it through you. But he's got to get it to you first. Amen. He's doing it. God planned for the church. God's plan for my life. Using my faith to help my church. Using my faith to help my pastor. Using my faith to push the plan of God forward in the name of Jesus. Did you get some help? Well, hallelujah. And uh, what I wanted to do tonight, real quick, I won't take a long time. I know it's Sunday. You don't normally have a service, but it'll be all right. Uh, I do, if you would just please stand with